Hi there, and welcome back to the SMB Cybercast podcast, where it's all about helping small and medium enterprises and IT professionals learn cybersecurity, improve their defenses, and prevent breaches. If you want to take the security of your organization to the next level, then this is the right place for you. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's webinar. We are going to be talking about asset inventory and management. Um, this is a very important topic in cybersecurity, and I think that it's a very simple reason. You can't secure what you don't know exists. So the first phase in any cybersecurity program, in your cybersecurity program, is going to be figuring out what assets you have on your network and what you need to secure. So that's the topic for today. Let's dive in. Okay, let's go. All right. So we're talking about asset inventory and management. We'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm William. I'm the co-founder of CyberX, a cybersecurity consulting agency that specializes in the needs of small and medium enterprises. We help them build security programs that are within their budgets. And I'm Bill Price, another co-founder of CyberX Security. Like I said, like you said, we're we're here to help small businesses, uh, small and medium businesses alike in the area of cybersecurity and their security needs. So why is it? So it's super critical that you have an inventory of the assets, the devices, computers, whatever they that might be anything connected to your network. You need to have an inventory of them and the software on them and their operating systems. And this is a super, super critical part of your cybersecurity program. And why is it so critical? Because like we mentioned briefly, you cannot secure what you don't know. Right. And there's a few stories we're gonna talk about that uh, make this point for us. So let's have a couple stories. All right, first one, Let's say it was about six months ago. Uh, we were on a pen test at an organization, which was a bank financial organization. Um, and we were on the floor of the conference rooms, the public conference room floors. And we're, we got some, found some ports unattended um, that we could get access to the network, um, plugged up, uh, got around the network access control, and we were snooping around looking for something, uh, something we could attack. And we found these devices called Creston. Uh, you see a picture of it here. And I didn't know quite what these were at first. So I sort of put that on back shelf, kept enumerating the network, looking for things. And okay, so later that later in the pen test that day, we were able to piggyback off of the cleaning crew into a room um, and there were desktops unattended. This was after hours. So we plugged up a USB, um, booted from it, added, uh, used a vulnerability in Windows, added a backdoor account. We had admin access to that computer. Now we wanted to download our tool so it could talk to the our command and control server um, during the pen test. We cannot get to the internet to download it. Ports, the right ports were open. It could get to the internet, but it was blocking our our site where our tool was. So I decided to go investigate these devices a little more on their network. Right. And come to find out, these are Windows operating system, Windows embedded OS, 
and they had anonymous FTP. And if you're familiar with anonymous FTP, that means that you can log on without any credentials. And the anonymous FTP had admin access to the device, root access. So I was able to FTP onto this device and drop off our payload there. Um, the device, other device, our compromise got found before we were able to perform our attack. But what we essentially were going to do, we were going to use this device on the network, this Creston room booking device, which is simply a device for booking appointments on rooms so that people know that the conference room is full. And we we're going to put our payload to the machine from there. And when we told the organization about what we had found, what we did, their security team said, what are Creston devices? We have no ideas what these are. They didn't even know what was on their network. So this makes our point for us. You cannot right. secure what you don't know exists. Of course, they may took controls after our pen tests to secure these devices, to segment them so they cannot um, communicate in that way. But this is, a, this is our point. You cannot secure what's on your network if you don't know it's there. That's right. <clears throat> and a lot of times um, things may get added and forgot that it's added um, or you don't think about the capabilities and what it can do later on. So that's why it's so important to is we're going to get further on and talk about the inventory and keeping that inventory up to um, up to date. So a few more examples we want to give here. All right. So the next story, um, as you can see, we have a nice aquarium fish tank on screen. And so the casino was not publicized. There was an incident a year and a half ago, I believe a year and a half or two years ago, where an organization was compromised through their fish tank. They had a Wi-Fi connected um, thermometer in the fish tank. Um, it was on the network. The attackers were able to externally, outside of the um, network, compromise this thermometer. They used the thermometer to get into the network. They um, pivoted from there and got to the database containing the um, most important customers, the VIPs of this casino. And they exfiltrated that data all back through the thermometer. Um, <laughs> the breach was discovered later, and the thermometer, the smart thermometer, was the source um, of the breach. Again, you need to know everything that's on your network so you know how to secure it. Right, right. And the final example, um, this one is a, a lot more publicized than some of the others, was the PewDiePie printing. Um, if you recall, what was it, maybe a year ago, um, when a security researcher claimed to be, uh, found a bunch of printers open on the, the internet. Uh, port 9100 was open on the internet and he could push print job to them. Right. And he <clears throat> made use of this and he printed this uh, subscribe to PewDiePie across thousands and thousands of printers all over the world. Now these organizations had their printers accessible on the network and didn't even realize it. Um, cloud printing, however they had it set up and it was vulnerable. So these three examples are three of just many that organizations didn't know what was on their network. They didn't know how it was configured, so they could not secure it. So again, the first part, the most important part, building out a cybersecurity program is figuring out what you have on your network, what assets you have so you can't even secure them. And remember, those assets are physical assets and virtual assets. So keep that in mind, because with our world of virtual tools that we use now, it can be virtually. Exactly. Especially virtual machines, virtual servers. Someone spins up a VM for testing something. Uh, we connect it to the Internet and you never know. Exactly. Even if they're not connected to the Internet, they can be used to pivot to other machines. 
Exactly. So, figuring out what is on your network. So, here, these are just a few of the devices that can cause issues on your network. Um, we have network cameras. Um, a lot of times people leave these with default credentials. They're using some kind of app. They want to connect to them over the internet so they can remotely monitor um, what be it the security of their building. Um, people do it at home for their pets, all kinds of things they want to monitor, but they leave these accessible on the internet with default credentials. And that's an easy way into your network. Uh, or these devices have vulnerabilities. The firmware is not patched and kept up to date. That's something else to be aware of. Network printers. <coughs> um, network printers can be a gold mine for an attacker. Um, they're connected to the network. They've got default credentials. A lot of times these devices have FTP enabled. Um, even if not that, they can be used for enumeration. When we're on when we're on a pen test, we always scan for network printers because a lot of times these printers are not secured. We can connect to them and we can monitor print jobs. And from these print jobs, we can figure out sensitive information, who customers are, what the policies are, whatever, what be it, we can find about this organization that we can use later in our attacks. And that's a whole other story itself, but it's just a wealth of information just from the printer, the print jobs, you know, even stored on the printer. But again, it's a whole other conversation in itself. Going back to the network cameras, how vulnerable those are, I've seen in the past where um, integrators may leave a default password and say that the VMS software is going to encrypt it or protect it. No, that camera still has the default credentials. So whether it's uh, through a VM device or whatever, it's still uh, uh, no password. In it. It's still vulnerable in the network. And then you got to start thinking about these assistant devices. Um, you've got people bringing in uh, oh, whatever they are, Amazon Alexas, Google's, all these smart devices, um, network speakers they plug in because they want to listen to music while they're working, all kinds of things are added to your network. And these become potential, potential vulnerabilities. Um, these devices get outdated. They're not patched. Firmware's not updated. And then you have vulnerable devices sitting on your network. Right. Same thing with smart devices. We have smart fridges. I mean, just about everything is smart nowadays. Um, say maybe you have smart light controls for your organization, industrial lighting. All of these things being on the network provide potential attack points, entry points for attackers. I mean, there are things that you need to be aware of and identify. Right. So we've talked about all of these things, the risk they pose. So what's the answer? What do we need? We need to know exactly what assets are on our network. We need to know what are the devices being used for. And we need to know what vulnerabilities do these assets have. And we need to know what an attacker could do with these assets. So you have to understand the attacker's mentality, the attacker's workbook, his plan, how he would operate, so that you know how to secure the devices on your network. Uh, that's part of the reason why we share those stories, how we look at these devices, what we can do with them during a penetration test. Right. And so what is this answer that we're looking for? We need an asset inventory. <laughs> I'm sure you figured that out because that's what we're talking about. We need one place one document, one software, however you do it, that you can find all the information about the assets on your network. And then you can pull from this document. Um, uh, maybe you pull it into a um, network access control or whatever, a security system, but you have it in one central location. So these are some of the things that we recommend and we like to keep, see or keep in an asset inventory. 
for hardware assets. We want to know the asset owner and its use. Um, so say this is a company laptop. Who was this laptop checked out to? Um, what, what are they using that laptop for? Or if it's a desktop, whose desktop is it using? Is it a kiosk? Um, the department, um, which department in your organization is using it? If there's an individual assigned responsibility for that device, um, a device goes rogue, goes missing, then you know exactly who to go to, what happened to this device. Some of the machine information we like to see in an inventory, um, if it's a static IP address, we like to have, keep that, of course. We want to the MAC address. Um, uh, you probably know, know what a MAC address is. That's the um, uh, hex address of your Ethernet port. Yeah, the machine address, the machine. Right, or your network card controllers. Um, we want to know the software that is on those devices, uh, software installed. Is that software maintained? Is this an old piece of software that's no longer maintained that becomes a potential vulnerability? And with that software, the version as well. Correct. Um, and then we want to know potential vulnerabilities for these assets. Right. Is this an embedded operating system device, um, medical devices, uh, like the, uh, the the room booking devices we talked about, the Creston devices? Um, those are embedded operating system. They're not going to get patches and updates. And we need to isolate these devices on our network. Um, what services or ports are open that can become potential vulnerabilities? Yes. Like the Creston devices we talked about. Port 21 is open. It's got an FTP server with anonymous access. That is a potential vulnerability. And we will put, keep this inside of our asset inventory so that as we build out our security program, we know how to secure that device, That's how right. to isolate it. That's right. <clears throat> um, approval, um, verification of the device approval. Um, many organizations have an IT department. They build out the devices. They do a quality check before they release them to the individual or the department to use them. Who signed off on that? Who checked off that it was configured correctly? That way, should something happen, you know, again, who to go back to. And then where a lot of organizations, when we come in to do an audit or a penetration test, they don't keep configuration changes, configuration notifications. When a new software is added, a, the use case for this device change, maybe it's moved from this department A now to department B. The software stays the same, but the use case is different. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of times this change in use, use case does affect the security that needs to be implemented uh, or how the device needs to be monitored. And if new software is added, software updates, et cetera. Keeping all of that in one central log will help tremendously in post-incident investigations and incident preparation in building out your entire security program. And it's so, it may sound like a monumental task, but it's well worth it. And it's a, a mountain to get up to get that built, but it's even a bigger mountain to maintain it. Because if you don't maintain it, like William was saying, what's going to happen is you've got this great documentation of all your software, all your version control dates, and all the updates and, and the levels of um, where it's been updated and patched. But if you don't maintain that, that's what um, happens with a lot of organizations that it, they get caught in, in the, down the road if it's not maintained, if that book is not maintained, or that documentation rather is not stayed on top of, and all the versions that are new or have been changed or anything that's been made different on the network is not updated and changed. So that's a big vulnerability there. And a huge part of managing the assets on your network is unauthorized devices. 
it is almost unavoidable that someone at your organization is going to try to bring a device. Um, we see we see this all the time. Like we mentioned, people bringing in network speakers, uh, smart devices that they want to plug in at their workstation. Uh, maybe someone, almost invariably, someone feels like the Wi-Fi is too slow, so they're going to bring their own router and plug it into your network and extend the Wi-Fi. We see this all the time, and these devices potentially create vulnerabilities and attack points on your network. Uh, employees bring their own computers, their personal computers to connect to the um, internet. Maybe your employees connect their phones to the internet. Um, that should be segmented. That's a whole other topic. But we want to control unauthorized devices on our network. And we have a few ways that we can do this. And we have a few ways that we can figure out what devices are on the network so we can control them. We have um, DHCP logging, and that would be done at a DHCP server. Um, if you're not familiar with DHCP, that is dynamic uh, host control protocol. And that is essentially the server, the controller that is responsible for giving out IP addresses to all of the um, devices, clients on your network so that they can communicate. And pretty much every DHCP server, be it built into the router, be it a Windows Active Directory controller but with DHCP turned on a Windows server. However, it's done. You can pretty much always turn on DHCP logging. Um, and you can look at this periodically, go back and um, look at what are the devices requesting um, IP addresses. And you could also export those MAC address tables. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second, yeah, but you can ex export those MAC addresses of those devices. Maybe it gives you host names, whatever, and you can find those on your network and figure out what they are. I mean, this should be done fair, fairly periodically. You should, if you don't have a complete solution in place that manages this autonomous, autonomously for you, you should do this periodically. I um, mean, then we have network scanners we'll talk about. We have um, InMap, you guys might be familiar with. Um, there's Qualius is another one that's very good. Um, and those are just the, uh, software scanners that can be on your network. With InMap, you can script it, um, put it on a machine, script it to run, send your report even. Um, you can email them to yourself if you want. It'll tell you all the devices on, your, on the uh, subnet or network you have it scanned. Um, Qualius, um, you install agents on your devices. And this is completely free, by the way. Uh, which we'll show you a little demo of it later, but the agents find other devices on your network and they add them. Wi-Fi sweeps. Um, this is something you should do, I'd say once a week. Um, at your organization, take a laptop, uh, pull up your uh, Wi-Fi bar at the bottom and just walk around and see what devices show up. Right. A lot of times you'll start seeing printers putting out a Wi-Fi signal. Yep. You might find an employee who, like we mentioned, plugged in a rogue router and it's putting out a Wi-Fi signal. Um, much worse, maybe, hopefully not. You might find an attacker with a rogue um, Wi-Fi uh, SSID broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Twin or something like that. And you can even monitor a lot of times for those in your access points. Um, yeah. Most access points have the capability uh, most business grade access points, that is. Cisco's have it, um, even like Ubiquity, their access points all have it where you can monitor for rogue type um, broadcasts, uh, rogue wireless networks being broadcast. Yeah. It's a good point that you brought that up. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. But some, um, some vendors do have that software in there. 
you know, you want to check for real devices as well as interference because you may be experiencing some interference and trying to find out why. There you go. You have like an evil twin or another device that's on your network or, so, or is trying to get on your network. And the final place we want to talk about where you can find a list of devices on, your, on the network is network devices. Um, if you have switches, the way by nature how switches work, <clears throat> the device comes to the switch, says where is 1.1.1.1. The switch says sends out a broadcast. Okay, who has 1.1.1.1? And it, the device says, hey, that's me. And the switch takes the MAC address, puts it on a table, maps it to a port. Next time someone comes, it says, oh, you want 1.1? Uh, that's in this port because it's this MAC address. Um, that's a very short version. So these MAC addresses get stored in tables. And a lot of these network devices, your switches, you can look inside of those tables and you can see all the MAC addresses. Um, they may not identify the device, um, but you can use, I'm going to show you real quick. You can use something like Arula John. Uh, there's other tools that do this. Let's go to the MAC address lookup. So here you can put in the device's MAC address and it will tell you, you look up the MAC address and it'll tell you the phrase of this device. And that can help you figure out um, what these devices are on your network. Right. Let's get back to... All right, so I'm gonna take a quick moment. We'll show you in map how it works in case you're not familiar with it. Let me change my share here. Here we go. All right. So this is the ZenMap version of InMap, which is essentially a Windows GUI. And uh, there's a Linux <laughs> version, and you can do this in command line also if you like command line, which I typically use the command line. But for simplicity, I wanted to show you um, the GUI version. And so what I've done is I've scanned this lab network here. And all I had to do, put in my network address 192.168.1.0 slash 24. So I scanned the whole entire subnet looking for devices. Um, and then I added a dash O flag here because I wanted to figure out what the operating system of these devices were. And it just runs through your network in case you've not seen this. And it interrogates every device on your network, finds out, figures out what ports are open. Um, and usually by fingerprinting and uh, MAC addresses, et cetera, it can figure out um, what operating system, who the maker of these devices are. I mean, this is a great thing to do. Uh, do this uh, once a week, once a month. You can automate it. Like I said, write a script that sends you an email. And you can save the scan if you want, so you can come back for later investigation or comparison. Uh, and then you can drill into these devices a little more. So I'm gonna look at 
this 27 device. And I'm going to pull up my host details. Um, I can see it's got five open ports, a bunch of closed ports. It only scanned the first 100. Um, this is an Apple Airport um, in my lab. NAS device, the IP address. I can see the MAC address. Uh, let's find another device. All right, Windows. It's a Windows server, IP address, port status, etc. Uh, so this can be a great tool for getting started, um, figuring out exactly what is on your network. And sanitizing too, because if you do find um, a devices with multiple ports open, what ports do you really need? Shutting down the ones that's not needed. Then once you get that secured and locked down the way you want it, document it, go from there. All right, back to these slides. So we've talked about finding what's on your network. How do we control and stop these unwanted devices, people from bringing their laptops, phones connecting to the network that aren't supposed to? How can we stop this? We want to control network access, right? This right. is a layer in security. Again, security is a layered approach. There's no one thing you can do to make your organization secure. Um, it takes a lot of things. Right. <clears throat> so network access control, we have a few options. And we're just going to talk about a few here, but there's plenty more. So MAC filtering. Um, like we talked about, MAC addresses. Um, every device has a MAC address. And we can control what devices are allowed on the network based on their MAC address. Most switches have this capability. And it can be sort of tedious to set up at first. But there's a few options. So essentially, what we want to do on our switches, we want to make a whitelist of MAC addresses that are allowed to talk on our network. Now, of course, that's going to be very tedious if you have to go and manually enter all of these MAC addresses. But there are other options. Um, you can set your ports. Uh, I know the Cisco switches have it. Junipers, HPs, they all have it. Um, some of the lower end they even have it also. You can set them so that the first MAC address they receive is the one that's allowed to talk on that port. You can set them in a learn mode for a certain amount of time and they track all of those MAC addresses. Then you turn it off and whatever it has processed at that point, those are the whitelisted devices. Um, so that's something to look at. Again, like everything in security, it's not the answer because as an attacker, it is very easy for me to spoof the MAC address of my device. So if you are using MAC, MAC filtering, uh, MAC tables inside of your network devices, you probably want to pair that with something else like looking at the host names or fingerprints or operating systems or something to make it a little more secure. But if you don't have that capability, MAC filtering is a great start and it can stop, it will stop the casual user most employees at the organization from bringing a device and just plugging it up and causing potential vulnerabilities. It wouldn't stop a sophisticated attacker, but it does keep those vulnerabilities from your users off of your network. Right. right. <clears throat> the next one is a little bit more tedious, a little bit more complicated, and that is 8021X. 8021X is a um, standard for network authentication. It is the most common form is EAP, Extensible Authentication Protocol. And it is using a few things to uh, create a network access control security solution. Um, it's using, it can use the MAC address. 
And essentially what happens is when a device plugs up your network, um, 802.1x checks this device and it says, all right, who are you and what network do you have access to? And maybe it sends it to the guest VLAN. Maybe it sends it to the corporate VLAN. Maybe it sends it to the financial VLAN, et cetera. And that is done based on a few things. You can do that based on MAC address. Uh, you can set this up on your domain so that when the devices connect, it checks the OU inside of your Windows Active Directory, which device is this, and sends it to the right place. Um, this could be done via certificates on the PC, um, encryption certificates or uh, other certificates on the device, and it knows, all right, this certificate since goes to this network. It could be done with just a regular prompt that brings up where the user puts in a username and password. There's multiple ways of doing this. Uh, and it's a great method for controlling what devices get on your network. Again, like Mac filtering, it is not the answer because there are actually ways around this. Uh, we can get around this a lot of times on a penetration test, but it's something to be aware of. So once we know the devices on our network and we are able to control the devices on our network, another very, very important thing to talk about is that software inventory. Right. And we touched on it briefly, but we want to talk about it just a couple more minutes. We want, again, just like with our hardware assets, we want one place that we can find all the information about these software assets on our network because software is a huge vulnerability. Um, probably the biggest vulnerability, out-of-date software vulnerabilities and software that can be exploited. <clears throat> so we need a place that we can track the software on our network and patch levels, OS operating system levels, version levels, etc. <clears throat> so just like with hardware assets, there's a couple things we like to see uh, in an inventory. Of course, we want the software name, its version, um, the publisher, the distributor, um, the install date. Um, I'd add to this, we'd, we'd like to see patch uh, change patch management when it was patched, um, et cetera. And there are tools for doing this. It, of course, it would be very, very hard to do this manually. Um, but there's tools that can handle this for us. And I'm going to see if I can pull up one. And so what happens when you deploy a new device to put this little agent on it and that's it. And the agents scan your devices for all the, all of these software, uh, all of the software. See, it's given us the versions. Yeah, it'll give us a list of assets. Um, we can look at these. Um, we can look at these assets. It's going to tell us we see MAC address. Um, there's all kinds of information we can get about them. Um, there's only a couple assets here because this is in one of our labs. Loading. All right, so it's not wanting to load like they're live streaming. Anyhow, it will keep track of these on your network. You can run reports out of this and it will keep a scan, passive scan on your network and it will find new devices for you. So this is a completely free solution by them. Um, of course, you can pay and upgrade and get better, uh, some 
other capabilities that are very nice, but it is a free tool um, that we wanted to show you that you can use. All right. So we need hardware inventory and we need a software inventory. Right. We've got to keep track of what devices are in network because again, you can't secure what you don't know exists. Right. And that's the SMB Cybercast podcast. Thank you again for listening. Please check out our other white papers, roadmaps, and webcasts at www.cyberx.tech resources and our blog at www.cyberx.tech blog. We have lots of guides and roadmaps to help you improve your cybersecurity program. Go check us out and we'll see you next episode.